0: From Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to reformationboise.com.
1: Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are in Reformation Month, the month of October, in which we have an opportunity to think about what God has been doing in His church and how He preserves the Gospel from age to age and in, in a moment in time, nearly 500 years ago, rose up men, um, men like Luther and Calvin and Zwingli, to go back to the Word of God and see in it um, truths that the church, the Protestant church is built upon. And we've been looking at one of those truths, which is Sola Scriptura, that the, the Bible is the sole authority for life and, and faith for the child of God. And we talked about inspiration, infallibility, and errancy and the authority of the Word of God. And today, um, this is another attribute of Scripture. If you remember SCAN, sufficiency, clarity, authority, and necessity, this is the S, the sufficiency of Scripture. And Sufficiency means that the Bible contains all that we need for term- determining what we must believe and how we are to live before God. Now, I'm gonna just put out there a thesis statement, and then you can either choose to defend it or or argue against it. I, I'm okay with either one. <laughs> I believe that the, the greatest danger with regard to scripture to the church today is actually is within the category of the sufficiency of scripture that's my working thesis Mm -hmm. so now you can decide if you want to i
2: mean like in broad evangelicalism like broad christianity
3: yep well i think i think you can trace that theme i think as the church moved away from preaching exegetically through the scriptures and embraced either a more thematic approach or a Let's say a more palatable approach to the non-believer or the "quote-unquote" seeker-sensitive culture. I think you could make that that argument because then other things begin to take the the center of the church naturally when you abandon the the, the sufficiency of Scripture for programs or methods that are mm-hmm. meant to entice the unbeliever to attend. You you've said the Scripture's not enough. We've mm-hmm. got to have the Scripture plus. Um, and then you're just, you're, you're, you're steps, dangerous steps away from saying Jesus is not enough or the gospel's not enough. It's Jesus plus or the gospel plus. Mm-hmm.
2: Or we might even uh, turn, like maybe we're going through some difficulty and we might turn first to, I don't know, self help books. That's the first thing came to mind or some other type of reading or whatever, but yet not actually go to the Word of God with our issues. It's not that all of those things are. Bad or wrong, but the Word of God should have that primary position, that we go to God Himself in His Word uh, to seek Him, because He is sufficient, and um, especially concerning all that we need to know, know to be in relationship with Him and to know what He requires of us.
0: Th- this was one of the problems that even the Reformers faced, you know, there was a certain Uh, maybe you call it enthusiasm, Uh, you know, this, uh, yeah, I have God within me kind of thing, you know, more so I'm listening to the voice here instead of listening to the voice of of scripture speak to me. And uh, so the the external word of God, the word on the printed page, uh, becomes subservient to the inner voice that I'm feeling or hearing in my own head. And it it might be pop psychology, it might be, you know, something like that. Or we, or we tend to look for extra biblical things to, to, to serve us, to get us to a particular end. We're looking for you know, signs and miracles or you know, uh, just circumstance that's going to determine what I'm supposed to do rather than the Word of God. And I think the Bible actually uh, brings us to a number of passages that uh, will cover that. Uh, sufficiency is particularly found in Psalm 19. Um, you know, where we read that the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord is sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold. Than the much pure gold, sweeter than honey, and the honey from the honeycomb. Uh, you know, by them, your servant is warned, and in keeping them is great reward. That's sufficiency of Scripture. That mm-hmm. covers uh, just nearly everything right there.
1: And Paul picks up on that in Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. After he says that all Scripture is breathed out by God, so that's the inspiration that we talked about several days ago. He goes on to say, and profitable. For teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's the sufficiency of Scripture. Part of it,
0: yeah. And and Paul was talking to Timothy, and you know, t- understanding that Timothy was going to face some terrible times ahead. Uh, the, he was talking about the world as as they saw, saw it. You know, he, in fact, in Second Timothy. Paul's writing and warning his protege there, Timothy, against those terrible times. He says there are going to be days coming when people are going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of of money, boastful, arrogant, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of, of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God." And, uh, you know, the scripture for Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16, uh, was going to be sufficient for all those circumstances.
2: Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, in, as Paul is writing, I mean, the New Testament is in the process of being written. And so, I mean, he's yeah. talking about the Old Testament. Yeah, drawing and, on the Old Testament. So the uh, there, there's a... A testimony that I I heard from a a brother that I think really illustrates the sufficiency of scripture well. And as he shared his testimony, it was he came to faith in Christ when he was in solitary confinement for 90 days and all he had was a Bible. And uh, he started reading it to make fun of it and then he read it again, didn't make fun of it quite as much and then he read it a third time and he was in tears. Mm -hmm. And uh, God in his word. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Kevin Young has this quote where he says this, of the four attributes of Scripture that we started with, this may be, sufficiency might be the one evangelicals forget first. If authority is the liberal problem, clarity the postmodern problem, and necessity the problem of atheists and agnostics, then sufficiency is the attribute most quickly doubted by rank-and-file church-going Christians. Now, that's quite a claim. But I would just just set before you as a listener how often we see this actually play out in time and space. Uh, My kids have gone to a Christian school. They have weekly chapels at that school. So often what the weekly chapel is is they bring somebody in to give a testimony. What that actually means is that they don't actually believe in the sufficiency of scripture. Hmm. If, if you really do believe that the Bible is the inspired, infallible, inerrant, authoritative Word of God that is sufficient for all of life, why would you not, whenever you have the opportunity, put before the people that are under your spiritual care the actual Word of God and expound on the truths of the Word of God? Because what that really fundamentally means is they trust the power of the testimony. Mm-hmm above the power of the word of god. Yeah. And we can dance around it, we can do all these other things, but fundamentally that's what's at the core. That if what you base most of your chapel talks on is the testimony of a man, I would rather have the testimony of god. And that's a sufficiency of scripture issue. Churches are the same way. When when churches say, "You know what? What we need is more programs." And by programs, mean more gimmicks to get people in the door. What that means is they don't believe in the authoritative, sufficient word of God. They've actually put their trust in man. They believe that they can actually do better work than the Holy Spirit can. That's my little rant here. But I do actually, we we have discussions in culture about gender identity as Christians. And what we do is we trust psychology more than we would trust what the Word of God says about the issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you can just go down the list. Fill in the blank with whatever topic you want to. I don't care. Uh, The the reality is we really don't believe in the sufficiency of Scripture in a practical, ongoing way of life. We turn to so many other human devices, human thoughts, human wisdom and psychology more than we turn to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And... You may mm. be mad at what I've just said, but I'm free for for you as the listener to push back and say, "Well," and then I you think you're going to run out of words.
2: You could email us at the yes. Gospel for Life Boise or Idaho. The, the Gospel, Gospel for Life, Life Idaho, Idaho at gmail.com. gmail.com.
1: <laughs> and I am thankful. I spoke at a, a one of the Christian areas Christian schools this year, and. When I asked about are there particular themes or topics that you want me to talk about, the response actually was given for the first time since I've been here. This is nine years. The first time that they've said, really what we've heard from our students is that they want you to exposit the Word of God. So I'm thankful for that. That's a positive change. That's, mm-hmm. it, it's nine years, but it's at least a positive change where the students are saying, we don't want more testimonies. Mm-hmm. We want the Word of God. Mm-hmm means the student body believes more in the sufficiency of scripture than the leadership of the school yeah. is what that means which that's a topic for another day but
0: and they're not inviting them back no, no? <laughs> <laughs> no I- I, I do believe that it's, it's important that we understand that everything that we need for life and godliness uh, has been given to us through the knowledge of God and His Word, and this is a this is a this is the trouble that so many people have. They look beyond the Word of God, uh, you know. They, you know what. You're dealing with trouble, you're going to go to your friend rather than to the Word of God. Uh, now, I believe friends should bring the Word of God to you, mm-hmm. and uh, if you have, if you are insufficient and don't have the ability to get the Word of God, find those the godly individuals in your life that will actually speak truth into your life. You know, in the Old Testament, you look at Psalm 42, 43, you know, the person is tr- troubled about his experiences, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, the answer was uh, it in found in the Word of God.
3: I think one of the challenges, so if we're facing difficult circumstances in our life, I think one of the things we want is wisdom. And I would define wisdom as truth rightly lived or rightly applied. And so oftentimes in our pursuit of wisdom, the application of truth, we go to exterior sources of the scripture rather than starting with the scripture itself and determine, okay, what is the truth in this situation according to the Word of God? And that's the point. Once we've identified that, then we can seek good counsel from our pastors, from our our Christian community, uh, good Mm -hmm. books, and the helpful application of what the truth is wisely to that specific situation. But we have to get the order right. Mm -hmm. Start with the truth of Scripture, and then we can embrace community and exterior resources and how to apply it with wisdom.
1: Mm. And I think – the tendency is to allow experiences to then trump what the Word of God says. So often in our life, you I hear people say, "Well, I, I know that that might be what the what the Bible says, but
0: but I'm at peace." But once you put <laughs> right. in the word,
1: once you put in the word "but," you've you've actually introduced a sentiment that says, "I actually don't believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. I don't believe in the authority of Scripture. I'm going to trust my experiences more." Yeah, mm-hmm. and. I know that the Bible says something about same-sex um, relationships, but I know a couple, where yeah. I have neighbors. But no, no that doesn't matter. Yeah. Stick with what you know from the Word of God. Don't trust your experiences. Trust the truth. That's all the time we have for today. All your angry emails can come to the Gospel for Life <laughs> Idaho at gmail.com, and we will see you next time.